Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing how to get started in remote real estate investing. So the definition of remote real estate investing is when a property owner owns and manages an investment property that is located outside of their primary city, state, or even their country of residence. I'm going to be discussing just active and semi-passive investing in this episode, since passive real estate investing, REITs, syndication, funds, etc., is easily done from anywhere in the world, and there's not really anything you need to set up to passively invest. If you're purchasing an investment property directly, though, you will need to do on-the-ground due diligence before closing. This takes time, money, and working with local contractors, such as real estate agents, appraisers, and attorneys, during and after the purchase process is complete. So first off, we can talk about semi-passive remote investing. So when I'm explaining between active real estate investing and semi-passive real estate or investing, semi-passive is usually when you have a property manager and you're dealing with high-level issues, high-level problems with the property. You're not dealing with collecting rent or with um, somebody, uh, you know, someone had a leaky faucet. You're not, you're not dealing with any of that stuff. That's all handled by your property manager, and that makes the investment more semi-passive, not fully passive, because you're still part of it, but semi-passive. When I'm talking active investing, active investing is uh, maybe when you're doing uh, asset management on hundreds of different apartments and you have consistent contact with the property manager because there's always something going on. And whether um, it's usually weekly and it'll probably start off daily when you're buying a property because there's so many things that um, are need to be taken care of. And active also is if you're managing a property 100% yourself. So if you're managing the property and everything goes through you and uh, there's really not too many other people with you, that's more of a, that's a very active role, which uh, an okay way to start, but very difficult, if not impossible for doing it when you're remote investing because you can't be going there and fixing stuff yourself. Now, when you're active managing, if you have a team in place, you can make it more of a semi-passive route, even though you don't have a property management company. And that just takes processes and systems, which we'll talk about a little later in this episode. But uh, for these reasons of having a semi-passive investment, uh, turnkey investment properties are ideal if purchasing remotely. Now, I've never purchased a turnkey property from a turnkey provider. Um, I've purchased properties that were pretty renovated uh, and rented them out from there and still own them today. But I've never purchased a property from a provider that was kind of uh, just how it's a, like a true turnkey. And I'll explain a little later on as we go through the pros and cons. But uh, turnkey investing was born out of the flames of the Great Recession when the housing bubble burst in 2008. At that time, it was actually cheaper to buy homes than rent in certain areas in the United States, sometimes by as much as 30%. So such properties are typically sold by specialized firms, turnkey firms, who purchase and renovate undervalued properties before flipping them to investors like yourself. So when I'm saying flipping, it's you're really they're really flipping it to you. If, but they, they work on a different kind of criteria and strategy. When you're a regular flipper, you're buying a property for $100,000 that you can sell for 150, that takes $25,000 worth of work, and you notice the spread after all your expenses are paid. When you are doing turnkey investing, they're looking at a property and they say, this can rent for X amount, and this is what we'd have to buy it for, this is the work that has to be done, this is our profit margin, and uh, so it's a little different of a strategy, but really they are just flipping the property to a, a uh, an investor, an end investor at the end of the day. And then the end investor is paying that premium because they didn't source the properties themselves. And they now are able to have a turnkey solution where they're able to plug in and tap into the property manager's team 
uh, and network of contractors, of handymen, of everything else that goes with it um, to make their process of owning that property much easier. Now, on occasion, some of these properties can already be occupied by a tenant with a set or guaranteed uh, rent by the turnkey seller. Remember that when there's a turnkey, when there's a guarantee on a turnkey property, I mean, you're paying for this one way or another. I've seen turnkey uh, sellers say that um, we guarantee rent for 12 months or 18 months or 24 months. Uh, just know that they're working this into the price they're selling it to you. So you're, for an issue that might not happen on the end, you're paying for it up front. And that's, uh, that's something to take into consideration when you're doing this. Now, of course, the downside of a turnkey property purchase is the fact that you'd be paying a premium plus monthly property management fees for the luxury of having this semi-passive investment. Uh, some turnkey red flags to look out for would include uh, cash-only deals, as these do not require any inspections or appraisals done before because there's no financing. Purchase contract with no contingencies for factors outside of your control. A turnkey provider did not perform any noticeable renovations on the property. So you're buying a property for $150,000. You see that the turnkey provider bought it for $125,000. And the pictures and everything looks pretty similar between. And you ask them and uh, they don't have much to say for renovations that they did. I mean, they're making a very healthy profit upfront on the property. And that's one of the reasons, too. When you're buying it, the turnkey property is pulling out equity. They're pulling out value that they've created in the property. So when I buy properties and you know our firm buys property, we're buying value-add properties. And this means that we're able to add some value to the property and notice an increase in that operating income, NOI, and that goes to the bottom line, also goes to the value of the property. Now, when you're, when you're buying a turnkey property, the issue here is that that equity, that value has already been created. And you're, and Ness, it's much easier for you because you're not sourcing the property. Sourcing properties is very difficult, especially in the seller's market. Okay. And they have all the other pieces. They're going to have a financing person for you to go to. They're going to have, uh, they have someone, when someone calls in, they're going to collect rent. Uh, they have everything covered. That's what makes it a semi-passive investment because really once that investment starts going, you probably aren't going to be talking to them every week. You might be talking to them once or twice a month. And uh, I mean, I have some property managers on small properties that I own. I talk to them once a month. Uh, sometimes I talk to them, uh, the actual owner of the property management company, uh, four times a year uh, because I work with someone in the office. And if I don't see any noticeable issues, I don't have to call in, right? And uh, I'm getting reports. I know how the property is and everything works out. So that's a semi-passive investment. Now, when you're doing active remote investing, this is when you're doing everything yourself, right? You're sourcing that undervalued property and uh, you're putting your team together. Yes, this is gonna this is more time consuming, but it's also more profitable. And if you're, turnkey is a great way to start, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not gonna be the most profitable investment you've ever made, but it could be a very solid investment for you starting off. But when you're going and you're doing, you wanna grow, uh, active remote investing is probably where you wanna go next. And make sure to listen to episode SS12, where I talk about self-managing properties. It gives you kind of a whole list of what to do when you're buying a new property. So first off is knowing the market. And if you already own a property and you're just starting to remotely manage it, you probably are well aware of the market already. And this happened to me. I own properties. When I moved to Florida in 2012, I had a third-party manager take over. And, um, and it became a semi-passive investment for me. And I knew that market inside and out, but um, now I wasn't worrying with all the day-to-day -day on it. 
if you're active investing like this, you could uh, put together your own property manager or you could be handling uh, the property management yourself remotely and then just calling people and contacting them when an issue arises, which we'll get to in a second. But if you want to start purchasing remotely, I would suggest learning about different markets and then choosing one. So find different markets that might be uh, very advantageous to your investment philosophy and strategy. And uh, you know maybe this is an area you grew up in, went to school in, or want to retire in, or a new area altogether. Next is having a trusted team. Once you have made your choice, speak to brokers, uh, which ones are good, find an investment investor-friendly agent, and get a list of recently closed properties in similar to the criteria that you're looking for, and maybe a list of the ones that that investor-friendly agent have even sold themselves. Get referrals from the broker for handymen, contractors, lenders, uh, property managers, if you want to step back from the property, and go visit the area. Spend time driving the city, different neighborhoods, drive some of the most recently sold properties, and make notes of them. So you'll know when you say, this property here, this is exactly what I'm looking for. You put on the, you know, you make notes of it. So when you talk to that broker, you say, listen, this property here I want, this one I want nothing to do with, this one is too expensive for what I'm doing. And like every city, there's a place where you, it's too expensive. There's a place where it's uh, too, you know, it's it's like a D-class neighborhood. You, it's not what you want. You want to go right in the middle there in a C or B-class property where you can get some cash flow and some appreciation. Uh, meet with the broker face-to-face. So set up some appointments with the broker and with some of the contacts that they gave you and spend some days driving the area and uh, know exactly what you want. So when you've seen it, you can explain to them what areas you were thinking about work and what property size, et cetera. And uh, this way you have it narrowed down, not just to you know east or west part of the city, but you have neighborhoods and you go, this neighborhood, this neighborhood, this neighborhood is what I'm looking for. And you're gonna look a lot more professional to that broker. You've done so much homework. They get calls all day from would-be investors and you're actually going there, traveling to see them, spending several days or a week there, uh, meeting with all these people, having these face-to-face meetings uh, with the referrals as well. And they're gonna start seeing you as a real investor that's gonna close on something and they'll start sending you deals and start uh, allowing, allocating more of their time to you as an investor. Now, when a property comes through, you know what neighborhood you like, and there will not be a requirement for you to go back to the area. You just make the offer. It's one thing if you're very confident in the area, you go, I know exactly where this is. Uh, this is exactly what I want. I pull it up on the maps. I, this is what I want. I'm making the offer right now. Compared to someone that you might be competing against for the property, and they don't know. They have to drive out there. They have to talk to the broker for a half hour. They have to do this. They have to, all this kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. You know exactly what it is, and you can pull the trigger right away and get that property under contract. Uh, next is automate as much as possible and have a process in place. And this is really important if you're gonna be doing uh, hands-on, like active remote investing, right? You're not gonna have a property manager. Um, if, you know, and if being more hands-on and direct is your thing, given the abundance of tech tools at our disposal today, such as property management cloud software, digital document signing, and virtual walkthroughs of units or required renovations, it's easier than ever to manage every aspect of your direct property investment remotely. Now have the online software handle the rent collection, have the online software uh, allow the tenants to submit requests online for repairs or other general re, re, uh, you know, repairs or inquiries. And uh, you know that way, if you're doing it and you're 100% active, 
you can have uh, someone that contacts you through the system. It'll send alerts to possibly your handyman that you have that are going to go out and take care of something. Uh, so that's a great way of doing it, and it's an easier way of keeping track of everything between you and your team. Next is start documenting the process and consistently update it. And this is something that I do, and I know it's really difficult to do, but you've got to start documenting the process and then consistently update it as you figure out what's good and what's not. Um, for instance, what am I looking at a property? Here's the whole. Here's the property purchase uh, guideline. Right here is the flow of how this works. Um, someone just moved out. What do I do? Okay, I'm going to go to this checklist and I'm going to follow this. And obviously, when you put it down initially, you, what you think is going to happen, you're going to edit that and you're going to find out. You go, you know what? Like this has to. This person should come in first, and then this person should come in. And I can now coordinate it. Makes it much easier when you're starting to grow your business and scale your business. And now when someone comes to work, you're not frantically trying to make up all these checklists and flow charts and processes and screen share videos right away. You've already done some of this and maybe it needs a little cleanup, but majority of the work's done. And you now have a proven system for running a real estate investment business. So going the remote property investing route opens up a wider pool of potential investment opportunities, access to more affordable real estate than your local real estate market may offer, lower taxes and other advantages. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com. Look forward to two more episodes next week. See you then. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.